is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water Where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor bombers Making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars This is Fish at Water This is Fish at Water Hey everybody, welcome to Fish at Water I'm Ryan and today we have a super special guest uh, From the writer of the mod team, The Bus You've heard his name mentioned on this podcast Ooh. So many times. <laughs> so many? So many times. Wow. At, at least once. Yes, for sure once. For sure once. I listened to that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Patrick McDonald. Hi. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. It's, it's been good to so see you, long. too. I know. It's been a while. Because I used to uh, uh, run tech in the Inner Sanctum, and I'd see you every week. Yes, yeah. When I hosted Happy Hour with the Dukes. With the Dukes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which now it was Happy Hour with Delta Flow, and now they're on to another team. Are they so really? that was, must have been a couple years ago, yeah. Oh my gosh, isn't that, that crazy? Long? That is crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's great. Uh, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good. I'm uh, I don't really know. Like it's been a weird day. I've been sort of okay. doing random filming, hanging out with the Fernie. Oh, also from Story Pirates. How oh yes, that? thank you, thank you. Yeah, can I you, just got on that. Can you explain what that is? Because you explained it to me earlier, and I just thought it seemed like so much fun. Yeah. Uh, oh man, they just told us how to describe it. Sto- okay, because I, I, it's kind of complicated, but it's not that complicated. It's exciting. Story Pirates <laughs> basically takes stories written by kids, and it's given to like basically improvisers and comedians. We uh, take the actual text of that story and we turn it into uh, kind of like a short play or a sketch. And then we perform it for those kids. So a lot of times, uh, say if like you're a third grader in a school, right. we will go to your school, uh, teach you a little bit about how to write a story. We'll come back like six weeks later. You're sitting in the audience. We're like, we're doing a new story. This story was written by a third grader. His name is Ryan Tweedy. And then we all scream and shout. And that and third then grader is the most excited. Third, yeah, third grader is the coolest kid in school. And then we perform that story that he wrote for the kids. Uh, and it's we try to use as much of the real text of the kids as possible. And uh, then... Uh, yeah, we just like we take we kind of give a voice to their stories and, so and cool. make it funny and crazy and weird and so how uh, do you, yeah. How do you go about writing it? So they so we give you a, so I give you a sketch or yeah whatever the stories I write and then do you go back and improvise through it or do you write just sit down and like write it as a team? It's really cool. It's a really like speaking speaking of like sketch stuff. It's a very collaborative process where we'll all sit around, we'll read a story. Um, and we'll listen to all the details with like what we think is interesting. And then we'll cast the characters based on, uh, who's in that story. And then we just kind of try to walk through it. If there's, maybe we'll add a song if there's like a bit of a song in it, or we'll add, uh, you know, different kinds of devices, whatever. There's always a pianist that plays as well. Um, so, uh, but we work together. We kind of improvise and try things until we find the line that sticks if if we're kind of trying different alts or jokes and stuff, um, and we just kind of rehearse it over and over. What's really cool, I haven't heard them speak about anything like this, uh, but it feels like there's this big sense of oral tradition in it as well, that like there's a lot of stuff that you learn from other people just because they remembered how they did it, and it kind of morphs from person to person to person. Oh, so cool. a bunch of different... There's a whole L.A. Story Pirates, and there's a whole New York Story Pirates. Um and so we'll take a story from New York and we'll do our version, or they'll take a story from L.A., they'll do their version. And it kind of uh, changes based on performer. Um, 
but we also like steal from each other and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I will say I'm very new to it. I'm right. like, I've been doing it for like a month, but it is something I've always wanted to do. I'm very excited to be a part That's of it. So that just yeah. sounds like, I couldn't imagine, we didn't have, I mean, I'm from Nebraska, we didn't have anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, just to be like, like a third grade, have like these amazing comedians like make, and you guys oh, are like so cool. great comedians. Like these are like, oh, you know what I mean? I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the or... people that I that I look up to in Story Pirates, Lou Wilson is a Story Pirate. Oh, really? Uh, he's pretty high up there. Oscar Montoya is like the Story oh, Pirate. Sure. He is a genius. Like when you see him, I've never seen somebody so in their element as Oscar Montoya being a Story Pirate. Like it's true art. Like it's like really incredible. He's perfect for he's... it. He's I don't, for people that I guess people probably may not may not know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not is, speaking just to you. Yeah, but he <laughs> is one of the, uh, as are you, I would say, one of the nicest people I've ever oh. met in Los Angeles. Always smiling, always happy to like be yeah. around people. So He's, I imagine that him, him, and you, and Lou Wilson for that matter. Oh yeah, to be in Story Pirates is probably. Right, if you guys. Oh, they're it. beams of light. It's yeah. very, yeah, it's very exciting, and you have to. I mean, you're doing it at like you know eight thirty in the morning in Torrance, you know, performing oh, yeah. for these kids, you know, so on a Tuesday. So you have to like really want to love to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's very exciting. I'm excited to do it. And then do you, so then you get you handle the roles, and then you do you like would you go write a sketch on your own then after you get all the details, or would the group write it together? It's all together. Nothing from what I've seen. I think people write it down once it becomes like a stock story. So oh, okay. once it like once if it was like oh this was a good one, other people should do this. Like let's send these around. Like uh, probably someone will write it down, but usually it's like we just kind of work from our brain and then we record it. Oh. So you watch each other's videos, but it's very collaborative. You're never like hey I came up with these jokes. Let's put these jokes oh, in okay. it. It's very much like oh this person like. This child talks about like a mime at a pencil factory. So let's make the workers of the pencil factory. That's the story we did last night of like, uh, yeah, and a mime comes in and everyone's like, get out of this pencil factory. <laughs> and then we try to say like everything she does. Uh, so, um, yeah, but it's really cool. I'm yeah, really, like it'd be so much fun. really pumped about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to go to every show of that. Yeah. Adults could you do know. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why couldn't like you take that and do it at like a. Costco convention, like Dude. all the Costco employees to write stories, and then have you guys come in. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know what I mean? That's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be incredible. I think I think that should happen. I think so. Too. Anywhere, yeah, anywhere you want to go. Like just like encouraging people to like have their voice heard. It's also freeing to like have somebody else say your stuff. Yeah, and like make it, and they're like, we're making sure it looks good. It's not like we're just putting your garbage up. Right. We're gonna make it look good. It was which actually, so this is sort of interesting because uh, kind of a nice transition, I should say. Yeah. You are a writer on a mod team. Yes. And UCB sketch teams or mod teams are a little bit different than some of the other ones I've seen where writers are writers and performers are performers. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you're taking something and then giving it away to a bunch of actors and having them. What's that process like as a writer? Uh, as a writer for like to kind of have your stuff and then give it away to the actors, yeah, it's pretty, uh, great. It's pretty amazing. I think that's probably like that specific reason is kind of the way I operate. Uh, it's kind of informed the way I operate in, uh, mod specifically. Cause it's okay. like, Oh no, I know this is going to actors. It's not like, um, I feel like I'm pre-collaborating before I even start working with them because I'm like, oh, would, you know, would Carl want to do this? Would Dan Black want to do this? Mm. Would, um, you know, like, I've found that, like, the best, most successful sketches are when the actors are doing things they want to do. Right. So why don't I just write what they want to do? Or what I think is funny that I've seen them do. It's like, let's play the hits. Like, that's what, I had an improv coach once that told me that. I'm like, play the hits. 
Like was, if it's like uh, it? Amanda Sitko told me that. Have that, you ever heard that? The, I feel because what she said, I was like, I've heard that before. Amanda Sitko was my four hundred one teacher. I oh guarantee yeah, she said that because yeah. it's a thing of like you know, like you see like a, uh, I don't know, like a grumpy anchor, right? You've probably seen that a couple times. I don't know, whatever. I just made that up, but like. It's like, it, you know what? We've fallen into this game. Let's play the hits. Let's do this game. Let's yep. do it to the best of our ability. We've done it before, but let's make it different and let's do it this way. So it's like, I feel like I, I know what a lot of these actors can do well. And I'm just like, let's play the hits. Like, let's make them do it well. Yeah. Um, we also try to like, I mean, actors pitch a lot and it's really easy and fun to pick up an actor pitch. It's like, oh, they're telling you this is what I excel in. So you're like, great. I'll take that idea and I'll make it so you shine. Like... Uh, that's kind of my whole MO for sketch writing in general, because, uh, there's that crux, there's that crux of sketch writing of like, if you can tell it's writing, then, uh, then it's not good. Okay, <laughs> like if like, yeah. there's so much of improv and like the reason improv is so addicting is because it's exciting and spontaneous. Right. And the reason so much of comedy is wonderful is because you don't know what's going to happen. So if it's been plotted out, in a writing format where the writing is clearer than the acting, then it's not going to be uh, as enjoyable to watch because you're like, oh, well, this is going to happen again. They're going to do this thing again. Right. So how are we going to like shift that? And that's where the performing comes in, and that's where the alts come in. Uh, where like all of a sudden, you know, if if Carl is performing this thing in a certain way, uh, then you're not going to know that this game work is at play. You know, at the bottom of it. Right. So. That's, that's a really – so, I mean hmm, – let me see how I want to ask this question. When you're looking at a guy – because you – I mean, the bus, you have some amazing performers. Oh, yeah. Carl Tart, Dan Black, Ashley Hale Spellman, uh, Ellie Woods, Jace Armstrong, Zoe Jarman. Oh, I thought oh, – for some reason I was thinking that Natalie um... – No, she's on Karate Karate, but she's amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah, Natalie Palmides. Yes, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was thinking of because I was also – I got her mixed up. And then the lady that – uh, Carrie O'Neill. I was thinking oh, you guys yeah. are on the same team, but you're not. No, unfortunately not. Yeah. No, the writers for me are, uh, it's me, uh, Brian Thompson, Lorraine DeGraffenwright, Matthew Brian Cohen, uh, Don Luby, uh, Nicole Herb. That's, Don Luby is from my hometown. I was going to say, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm surrounded by Husker stuff. Yeah, this is. Uh, and I was going to say, Don uh, is, is from Nebraska. Yeah. We, <laughs> you guys should, you should have her on. She's so funny. I, I, I have to now. Yeah. Uh, we actually, in my senior year in high school, she, we went to different high schools, but there's a thing called advanced, what's called like advanced acting or advanced theater competition like that, where all the different high schools would send like the three or four like most um, active actors. Oh, wow. And, and they would all meet up and they would do this big play at the community theater. Oh, wow. And I was in that class with Dawn. No way. Yeah. And small then, world. Isn't that a small world? And I ran into her at line at sunset. Wow. And I was like, Don Luby? <laughs> yeah. it, it was so weird. I didn't, know, I didn't know she was a writer on a mod team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and she's so funny. Oh, she was she's so amazing. funny back then. She was one of the people you'd watch and be like, oh, she's going she's yeah. to be just fine. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Oh, my God. she's so. And she, well, she's like a mod superstar. She was on uh, this team in New York called Onassis. That oh, She was an actor on that team. And they did oh, three wow. years or so. But that was like one of the most highly lauded um, mod teams in New York. Oh, wow. At uh, UCB New York. And so then when she came out here, yeah, she, she was like, I'll do writing now. So she's been doing mod for like five or six years. But uh, this is her first mod team to be a writer on. And she's just as great at it. She's so good. That's great. I yeah, will yeah. have to talk to her about it. I oh, mean, yeah. You have to. I act like we're best friends. Like, we haven't really spoken, but maybe twice in like 15, 
20 years but still <laughs> but that's still. a huge span yeah. just the span alone shows that you guys are friends yeah right, right. <laughs> yeah because you continue there's people i talked to 15 20 years ago but and i haven't talked to them since right <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't our friends yes oh we yeah 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 yeah. yeah 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 so okay let me ask you this so let's say that i'm an actor on your monty okay and i come to you and i'm like hey i play i i love playing frat boys this Mm -hmm. is the real thing i do love playing frat boys okay great 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 so i want to play a frat i think that their mannerisms and their behaviors Mm -hmm. are just ridiculous and funny and i don't know what it is about them but i love them i love making fun of them and poking fun at them great how do you take that information then and what how would you approach that to write a sketch with it so my first thing i would say to you so if you're like i want to play frat boy Mm -hmm. i would say like the so my key into sketch in general is emotion okay. so like so if you say that i would say like okay so what emotion and answer me this what emotion as a frat boy do you like to play i like the idea that or behavior i like the frat i don't like the mean kind of like dumb like yeah rapey frat boys. okay i like the frat boys that are like ob- they're oblivious to their own stupidity like they, okay they, their intentions are good yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're oblivious to some of the dumb shit they do. So they're oblivious. Okay, so they're oblivious to how dumb they are, but they don't know what like that what they're doing is affecting other people. Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe that. Um, okay, so it's like so. So what kind of emotion would a dumb person be? Overly proud. Overly proud that they just like knock someone's mailbox down. Yeah. Right or something like that. So I would. Yeah. So I would say like. So we have that. We have a guy overly proud about something. And then I would say, like, do we want to see other people? Like, can I see other actors on my team doing that? Then I'll make a peas in a pod sketch, and we'll do a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of overly proud people doing worse and worse things uh, for the frat, maybe. Maybe this is hazing, and they're overly confused. Or we can see uh, this overly proud frat guy without his team, and he's uh, a fish out of water. Uh Uh-oh. Named it. Uh, Named the podcast. (laughs) And and then he's in, like, a... a community meeting or some sort, and he has to deal with maybe it's people coming up, um, talking about how they've been terrorized by this fraternity, and he's like the only person being like, "Well, I'm sorry that I put jello in your pool, whatever it is." <laughs> and then it's like, "Okay, okay, whatever." So that's well, that was so I just did it, but that's yeah. So it'd just be like, "Okay, what? Where can I put you where you can do that the most?" Ah, uh, and then does that mean that it would be? Other people doing it with you, or you doing it at the behest of other people. That's probably how I would go about it. Okay, that's it. that's a, that's a really good way to look at it. Because being like writing for a team, I think sometimes, especially when, like I'm a on the one I do, I'm a writer performer. So yeah, oh yeah, that's so, so interesting. Co- I'm constantly like thinking of how can I get myself mm-hmm. into the show because everybody else is. Right, 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 right. It's a very like not always. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this would be really funny if Nikki did this or if Adam yeah. did this, right? But a lot of times I'm like, oh man, what's something I really want to do this month? I'm gonna figure out a way to get this character in. Yeah, I totally. That makes sense to me. I think that's funny because like the way I kind of started is like I um, was on a sketch team in college. I didn't get onto the improv team, and I got onto the sketch team. So I was like, I guess I'll do this. Um, <laughs> but then uh, I very quickly people noticed that I was like, I guess I'll do this. And I was like missing practices and stuff. And I, you could, I was getting cast in less and less stuff. And I think I was being a little bit of an asshole. So I was like, uh, uh, okay, I need to like, I need to prove that I'm here. For, that was like the first semester of college. And I was like, I need to prove that like, I care about this. So I came back the first writers meeting back from our, um, Christmas break. I came with seven sketches 
And some of them were for me and some of them were for other people. But I was like, I am want to be in on this. But I was like, I need to write for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I quickly realized when I was started writing for myself, I was started writing beyond myself. And I was like, oh, this person can do this so much better than I can. Like, it was like, oh, why would I? I mean, like, the possibilities are endless if you're writing. And then if you give that to somebody else, uh, they, they get to add their spin on it. And then you have something that you never could have thought of. Um, uh, Carl Tart is a good example. I'll yeah. bring him up because he was on your show. I listened to his podcast. Uh, he was very nice to me. But he's such a great performer, and he's so easy to write for. Um, we've been on two mod teams together. Uh, we were on Glendale, and then Glendale got broken up, and then now we're on the bus. And I wrote, I wrote a show for him in Ego Odom called Rich and Bored. Uh, that we have a run at UCB right now. I was gonna now. say that got really good reviews. From oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good so far. Yeah, it's been good. We have a we got an extension on our run, so our oh, next show great. is March twenty uh, second, I think, or Tuesday, something. But it's uh, but what's amazing to work with him about, like, or it's amazing to work with him because you'll give him something and he'll see something in the script that I have not seen, and he'll like add this amazing nuance in his character to it because uh, well because he's also a writer too so yeah. he has this like writer brain that's developing with his actor brain uh and so he's unstoppable but like yeah you can give him something and like oh i never saw that oh thank god thank god you saw that yeah. that makes me look so good <laughs> that's great you completely wrote that and i'll give i'm obviously giving him the credit for it but like uh it's yeah it's so much fun when you like get to work with people that see things that you didn't know were in your sketch yeah. Um, did I answer that question? Yes, that perfectly. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that's yeah. what I love about writing for other people. Um, I have started trying to come back to write for myself a little bit, but I mm. really love writing. I love like being able to help people hit home runs. Yeah. I love that. It's that's, so exciting. Well, and that's such a good improviser mentality. Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is that I knew you as. An improviser. I didn't know mm-hmm. you were a writer. I knew you as, oh, yeah. as an improviser. I used to watch you on Duke. We talked about Duke mm-hmm. and also yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Knuckle Puck. Knuckle Puck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Herald team, yeah. And also, I mean, just saw you around town doing stuff with like a George and Peter and oh, yeah. everybody just around. Yeah, and yeah. You were, you were a very, very good improviser. Oh, thank you very much, Ryan. And then I had no idea you were a writer. Then all of a sudden, I was watching a, a mod show. I think it was your old team. Oh, Glendale? Glendale. I think that's the one it was. Okay. Either that or like your first show with the bus. Okay. Do you remember anything about that show? Um, you don't have to. You uh, just saw me come out and you were like, oh, he's a writer. Yeah. Well, I remember talking to you afterwards. I, oh, okay. I feel like this was a Jesse Esparza sketch, but it was the same night as yours. It was the X-Men sketch. Oh, that's interesting. We haven't been... Am I getting nights mixed up? You might be. They were with Karate Karate. This okay. is this is all this is inside, old, baseball. Okay, it's inside baseball. Garbage. There yeah. was a night when I, I remember, <laughs> Nobody cares. I remember walking out and seeing you and being like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" You and you. Oh like, yeah. I, I wrote in this show. I was like, "What?" I oh no yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, so funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I um. Which do you prefer, writing or performing? Um, I, I think right now it's writing. I think right now it's writing because in general I feel like I have like uh. A personal, like, this is going to be very annoying to hear. No, Just warning. Never. It's going to be very it's self-absorbed. Be, that's great. That's uh, the best stuff. I think I am, am better, like, my skills right now are better suited for, like, um, like saying things myself than saying other people's things. 
Like, I don't think I can amplify another person's voice as much as I can gotcha. um, solidify my own at this point. So it's like, I don't think I can take somebody's words and make them, like, as good, especially working with, like, the cream of the crop that I get to work with. I can't do what they do at all. So it's like, uh, it's they're amazing. So it's like, if I have this access to work with them and actually collaborate with them and they can, like, we can do this thing, I can't imagine, like, being that good for somebody else who is writing for me. So I love to write for myself. But right. I just think that, like, being able to write for these people, I'm so lucky that it's like I wouldn't give that up for the world. Have you ever thought about writing, like, a one-man show or something like that? I thought about it a little bit, yeah. I, um, I, I like that idea. I think I don't want to do it by myself, though. I'd like to write for other people um, I get with that. me. Maybe I'd yeah. throw myself in as a character. But every time I try to do that, I just end up putting myself as, like, a side character or something. I am on a team... Um, it's a an indie sketch team that we meet sporadically, but we're we're a team for sure. Uh, it's me, Jesse Clatt, Ega Wodum, and uh, Peter Banifas. Oh wow! Um, and we're called Youth Group. We won <laughs> we won Sketch Showdown once, uh, and then uh, it was great. But then the second time, Jess wasn't going to be there, and we were like, oh you know what, let's just do something for us. So Jess, Jess was in Australia for the month, and she wrote a uh, Choose Your Own Adventure set for us. So like she planned the entire set, and there was this box of stuff. Um, and every slide, she, there'd be these videos she made and these slides where we'd read them out, and we'd have to like complete the yeah. challenges and do this stuff. And we didn't win at all. But it was like it was like the first set I've ever done that was like for us. And it was like the best time in the world. Um, uh, and the audience didn't enjoy it. But we, we kind of like just loved it. And then, uh, uh, yeah, and that was it. That was it for Youth Group. But, but like the good thing about Youth Group is that like Jess and I are both mod writers. We both write a bunch. Mm -hmm. We have you – for every mod meeting, if you're not familiar with UCB mod teams – you bring basically two sketches a meeting, uh, two sketches a table read, at oh, least two to three, and then oh, you can wow. get one in usually. So two, and that's per show or per, per show. So it's like so per meeting you can bring up to three. Um, the way it works is uh, we have a pitch meeting, two writers meetings, a table read, two rehearsals, uh, a tech and a show. So um, we'll do our pitches. I'll usually bring in three to the writers meeting one and then i'll um probably alt like edit two and then bring a, a a new one to writers meeting two and then i'll bring my favorite three from like the four that i wrote mm -hmm. um to the pitch or yeah to the table read and then we'll do one of those so but if, since i've been doing that for two years and i've been doing 24 shows that means that if i brought three sketches to every table read and one of them got in every time that means I've gotten, you know, what is that? Like three times... 72. Three times 24? Yes. What is that? 72, 72 and you've yeah. gotten at least 24 I've in. i gotten at least 24 in. So that means I have 72 sketches that I can do somewhere else. And so it's like, oh, so so Jess and I are both like, oh, we have all these backlog sketches that we work so hard on. Let's do them for youth group. So we just alt them for Ego and Peter and us and like put them up and it's been like it's like our rec league <laughs> it's awesome it's so much fun that's very cool yeah yeah so let's say that you're writing for you let's say that all of a sudden you get a job writing and i say to you and um i need 10 sketches by next friday okay they can't be topical okay oh thank god Oh, that's they the, can't be topical. They can't be topical. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm that ready. Would be my number. That would be my number one rule. 
Are if you I, if I was really? Too, I can't. I don't. I can't get into topical sketches very much. Oh no, me neither. I like goofy stuff. I that's like why I'm. Stuff. That's why I'm. I'm so thankful you said can't be topical. <laughs> so wait, you need ten by in a week? Yeah, and they can't. And they have to be all brand new stuff. You've never written. Brand new. Great. So, what would be your process to generate ideas for those ten sketches? So my process would be. I obviously have like a notes thing on my phone, right? That I keep, and I've I've been keeping it for like three years at this point. Okay. Um, but I can't have written them before. Yeah, they have to be brand. They could be maybe ideas you generated from the notebook, but they couldn't be. They couldn't be like backlog sketches. Okay, so I would. Am I, am I, I'm a writer on this show, yeah. so I have people that I'm writing for. Do I know who they are, or it's like? Oh, I'm just basically just trying to get you to generate ideas that aren't <laughs> that aren't from your note that aren't like. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Just like right, right, right. A way to generate ideas. Well, yeah. Well, so so if I'm writing for a cast, I would go to the cast okay. first, and I would say, "What do you guys?" What do you like to do? I like to say, like, specifically for Maude, I'm like, what are, um, who do you like to work with? Who's, like, your number one person you want to work with? Like, so I can write a two-person sketch oh, for you guys. You. Okay. Uh, if we're doing, like, a piece in a pot thing. And what emotion do you play the best? So I'd go to those people. I'd try to ask what they are. And then I'd try to, like, figure out who I can see them as and who I could see them, like, rocking a role as. Yeah. Um, being like, oh, this person seems like they could play like a good like evil queen. So I'll write her like an evil queen sketch, but I'll write like her kind of style. Try to put her into it as much as possible, yeah. or like a gymnast kind of sketch or something like that. I probably try to like place them in roles that would be easy for them to do, and then I would try to work backwards with a game. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably what I do. Or I would like. I'm trying to think how I generate ideas. I mean, I the main thing for me is like I I see something happen in real life and then i just say like what if that happened in a place where it shouldn't or what if that right. kept happening and wouldn't stop those usually those are usually oh, my two that's things that's a really so there's two things that you just said that i think are super like that haven't yeah. been said yet that oh, really? that i think are really great one is what emotion do you play best yeah, yeah what yeah. a great tool oh it's so easy cuz it's also like i can knock this out yeah. carl tart is going to be able to play overly serious every single time or like uh, you know, it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and it's a, that's a basic improv. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's like, yeah, hey, yeah. can uh, let's do this scene. Great. Now do this scene again, but you're overly serious about mm -hmm. exactly whatever it is. Oh yeah, or there's that improv exercise where it's like, okay, show me like uh, an intervention scene, and then you do a real intervention scene as a great. Now do that intervention again, but this time you're doing an intervention about eating too many Cheetos, and then right. you do that same thing. Like it's that's what it is, and that's a sketch. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. That's it's a little mappy for the record, but that's a sketch. But yeah, either way. And then the other one was, and of course now that I just said it, I've lost it. Was so it was the, it was the emotion and the emotion, and then the oh, what happens if you keep doing something and it never ends? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What if, that's a, such a great take on the old. Take something and make like uh, yeah, make a game out of it or whatever. Right. Because most games end. Like in yeah. a sketch, it's like uh, and then your button. Yeah, but yeah. What yeah. if it never ends? Because that goes. Yeah. You could if you completely blow it out, you can end some really interesting mm -hmm. kind of places that you've never seen. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. I, it's that's something that yeah that like uh, there's a sketch that I wrote this year that um it was I was like really frustrated about kind of like all that '90s nostalgia stuff. At some point where it was just like, you know, the, remember Rocco's Modern Life? <laughs> remember Are You Afraid of the Dark? Did you ever see, did yeah, you see the sketch by any chance that I wrote? Oh. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'll maybe tell I, you about I, it. Okay, I'll let you So know it's two people that. being like at a, a, kind of a transaction. It's like, okay, great. I'll just, need, I need to see an ID for the card. And it's like, oh, you were born in 85. Did you watch 90s Nick? 
uh, it was Jace and Zoe, Jace Armstrong and Zoe Jarman. So Jace was like, did you watch 90s Nick? And Zoe was like, yeah. And it's like, Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah. Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yeah. And it just like <laughs> literally was that for four pages until the point where they were like screaming at each other. Like, like ah, guts! Yeah! <laughs> like it was just like them and then like fighting each other. Uh, and then uh, I think it was like, he says like, 100 deeds for Eddie McDowd. And she's like, no. Like, no. Get the fuck out of my store. <laughs> and I think the button was something that somebody else pitched, but it was like, I'm trying to buy a casket for my dead son. Like, buy it somewhere else. <laughs> that was the end of the sketch. But it's like, yeah, like what if this never stops? Like what if there's no friction or resistance for this thing to happen? And we're in this vacuum where it just keeps going. And it's this stupid thing that you've been a part of before. And you get to see like what the worst case scenario of a real moment. Yeah. <laughs> like like if there if you're in that situation and nobody's tired of it, how crazy are we going to get? Yeah, like you know right? what I mean? That's, and that's the best part because that's something that seems so harmless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a little annoying. Like I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about you see and it's like, "Yes, I was alive in the 90s. God damn it." Right? Right, right, right. But then what if you do that for 5 minutes? Yeah. And what if we found the two people in the world that wouldn't stop it? Like like it's that kind of thing where it's like Yeah. Like yeah, I just think it's so much fun. I I it's it's cool and it's also easy because it also goes back to like letting those actors play the hits of like yeah if there is no like uh if they do go keep doing this thing they, we can find sneaky ways to make sure that it feels fresh every time but uh uh yeah it's just hitting those things over and over again well in the second you do do three of those yeah like you go you list the three most popular things from the 90s that everybody's seen right then i feel like the entire audience is like they relate to it they go Mm -hmm. yes this is really annoying yeah and they automatically probably think you're going to go the direction of how annoying is this Mm -hmm. but then you just blow it out like that yeah 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 exactly that's exactly but i will say that was in my uh people have lovingly referred to it in my in my in my mod team as kind of my blue period like my picasso's blue period (laughs) because i was playing around with rhythm a lot uh, and I, so I was writing these sketches that were like really wordy, but like really like technical and like people jumping up and down. And um, I, I kind of got over that because you don't want to overload the actors with that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like then they're like stressed out about getting it right. Uh, but I was just like, what if things like had like a ri- it was like a very like rhythmy, like surreal kind of weird thing. And I'm yeah. glad I'm over that. now. <laughs> but I had to go through it. So that was one of those sketches where we gave it to Jason Armstrong, who uh had never watched 90s Nick. Like, he didn't go watching it. So he had to watch, he had to memorize four pages of shows that he had no clue who, what they were. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> horrible. Like, I'm an asshole. Yeah. yeah, it was garbage. Uh, but he did it. God bless him because he's so talented. But do you, um, oh, God, why is my brain doing this today? It's completely shutting it's down between everybody. No, it's not. It's horrible. You're doing great. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Thanks. Um, all right, we're gonna move on. I we're gonna move on. Hey, no worries. I forgot what the question was, um, but it was gonna be so good, dude. It was. Oh, uh, it was gonna be really good. It's like the best. Can I? Can I? Ask. Um, can I tease you up? Can I remind you of? We were yeah, talking yeah, about nineties, yeah. Nick. Talking about repetition. We were talking about um, memorizing things. My blue period. Mm-hmm. We were talking about um, the rhythm. The rhythm. The the uh, with something happening over and over again. Does any of that help? No. God, <laughs> I college with a. Hell, four years, man. <laughs> I can tell. I'm looking at all this memorabilia. <laughs> um, what? Be, and I'm gonna ask this because only because you're such a positive person. Great. What is the like your least favorite or hardest part about a writer's room? About a writer's room? Hmm. 
what is hard for me in a writer's room? I think the hardest part in a writer's room, and this really hasn't happened on a team for me in a while, um, so I'm not talking about anyone specific, but like it's when somebody brings in a sketch that it just like you, where you just kind of want to be like, this isn't, this isn't like, this isn't fresh. Like this is like a thing. This technically works. This is technically fine. And I can give you notes to make it like funnier. Maybe I can maybe mm-hmm. give you alts, but there's clearly no personal attachment to this sketch. And there's clearly like, there's nothing special about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know what really makes a sketch special. I think it's a special attachment to the writer. You can just tell the writer's okay. interest in that sketch. And when somebody brings something in and you're like, this is fine, but I don't know how to help it, it's hard. When somebody brings in a bad sketch, great. Let's talk about it right. all day. When somebody brings in something that's all right, what the fuck do you do? Yeah, You know, and that's – I'm glad that you said that because this is um, a note that I got Right before uh, my last, I think it was like 301, whatever that sketch mm-hmm. level is. Yeah, yeah. It was, was like, technically your sketches are written correctly. Right, right. They're that's a hard thing. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like you're doing everything you're supposed to do. Right. But can you make them your own now? What's mm-hmm. And that was the the that was the trick. And I feel yeah. like, and, and I've been writing longer now, and I think I'm getting closer to that now. It's finding yeah. your voice is hard. Yeah, it is. It is. What do you what do you have any do you can you speak to that? Do you have any advice on something like that? Like, um how do you find that attachment? What do you like do you just have to write about things you know or I did a thing so I've I did a thing that I am a little crazy. I'm a little crazy, Ryan, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, I'm a little crazy. Uh I did a thing starting in 2013 where uh I I decided that year I would write a sketch every day for a year. And so I did that for a year. And then I said, you know what? This was so helpful. I'm going to do this every other year for the rest of my life. So it's a different prompt every year. So 2013, I did um, uh, a sketch a day based on whatever happened that day in history. So I have 365 of those. I put them online so that there was like no pressure. Holy shit. And then 2015, my friend... uh, uh, Caroline Fothergill, who lives in Austin, um, she's just a really good college friend of mine. Um, she wanted to work on her photography, so she took a photo every day and posted that, and I would write a sketch based on whatever that photo was. And then this year, I'm just trying to focus on like observations, and I'm just like, I take a minute of this is like not necessarily sketch writing. I take a minute a day and I just write all the specifics I see around me. So, my big thing about that is like 2013, I was overwhelmed with sketch writing. I was like, I need to work on prompts i need to like when i when i get something boring like um what was one the movie rocky opened in finland i wrote a sketch for the movie rocky opening in finland i was like what was my take on it so i was like i need to know what my own take is like what am i seeing so it was like it's like partially like trying to analyze myself and like what my impulses come out as um and then, and then partially it was like, I'm scared I'm going to run out of ideas one day. <laughs> so if I, but if I do, I have what, 730 sketches in the, oh, in the that I can shit. like, fuck with. You know how many? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like so proud of my bank. It's like, eight, it's like 60 to 80 sketches. And then like, you're like, I've got 700. They're all terrible for the record because I wrote the, them in a day, but I can go back and I can edit them. And that's like, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. We've I, been bringing back for this, we've been bringing back sketches that we wrote some of these i wrote four or five years ago yeah there's some i wrote that i'm like oh that's just bad i'm never going to mm-hmm. like the one that I, I brought in today is actually two years old i think yeah um 
but I go back and it's like I hated this sketch back then. Oh, I don't hate. I yeah. I hate it still, but I see where I can fix it now. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Because you because you have the have you you've obviously heard that Ira Glass like ability versus um, uh, what is it? It's like ability versus uh, want. Have you heard that thing? Uh-uh. Ira Glass is a thing where like I don't I don't know the exact. Words I love Ira Glass. It. It's like ability over vision. I think so. It's like so that you just start working when you're when you're working on stuff. You have this. Uh, ambition or this vision of what you want, but your ability right. it's so it's so high, and then your ability is so low. So you work on something, and you want it to be this this thing high, and it becomes this thing that's low. And you work on this thing so your ability matches your vision, and that's what you keep working on until you finally connect those two things. Yeah, where it's like, oh, I see this, I can make this instead of like I can see this. How do I do this? If that makes sense. Yeah, so that's yeah, what yeah. like that was another big thing that like inspired me to do that. So. So the idea is is that – so I'm going to try to break it down into, yeah. into a sketch writing terms. So you want to be a sketch writer. Yeah. And your idea is to be like, say, uh, an SNL writer. Mm-hmm. But you are like a level one student. Yeah, so in a way, yeah. So you just keep working this out yeah. until eventually you're up yeah, here. Yeah, but it's even project to project. It's like I want to write a musical sketch. Okay. I, I want to write a musical sketch about like – you know, like what, like dancing congressman. Okay. So it's like if I was in 101 or if, you know, as a student, I'm like, okay, I can do that. I'll write a very basic version of that. Right. But now if I'm like, and now that I'm older, I have a nuance. I have like ideas of like how to heighten or how to twist the game or how to change things. I'll be able to write uh, that a much clearer vision than I want. Cause you would sit down and you're like, I want to write this crazy sketch where somebody does this. Mm-hmm. And then you write it and you're like, this is garbage. Like this idea was gold. Every idea can be gold, right. but you don't have the ability to make every idea gold until you really work out those ideas. Yeah. And that was another way of getting like my 10,000 hours too, of like just pounding it out and also being like, okay, I've written 200 sketches this year. Uh, let me look back on these. What am I gravitating towards? Oh, people in positions of power being secretly idiots. Okay, that's something I clearly love. Oh, it's like, oh, people like... So that idea of like uh, what we were saying of uh, previously of like how do we know what's personal? For mm-hmm. me, it was like I needed to write a thousand sketches to know what I was gravitating towards. And looking back on being like, what is the game that I'm focusing on here? And what am I like interested in continuing to do? That's, I think, how you find your voice is writing a fuck ton. Like yeah. just really writing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And I remember my uh, amazing question. It seems less, Let's hear it. it seems Let's hear le- it. It seems less amazing Oh, now. no. It will be amazing. Out of context. I'm ready. So would you consider yourself a heady writer? Like, does it? Do you, mm. Are you the kind of person that when you write a sketch, do yeah. you go, I've got this idea, and you think about it, and then you just – or do you analyze every line? And, you know, how long does it take you to write a first draft? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um it's funny. I do. I am very serious in what I like want in, in like my image. My problem is like what's crazy is I get stuck up on the first few lines, like how to get into the scene. Yeah. I'll take like an hour on those, like the first six lines. I'll take an hour to like what? How are we trying to pose this? Right. But once I pose it the way I want, I can. It'll come out easy. Um, and so uh, I am. I do get very like in my own mind. I get very like tiny and i i do like give semantics notes sometimes they're yeah. like very tiny i gave one last week to someone and it was like maybe like oh maybe people aren't thinking about this but if i'm thinking about this maybe somebody else is right um so i do get a little heady but like once it's done it's done and i'm but like it's not trying to be smart i'm not trying to write a sketch that's gonna give you my take on like the current election or whatever right. like um the current election. You know that election yeah, that's yeah, going on right yeah. now? Um, 
it's like it's just like the stupidest craziest tiniest details of like uh you know just like people talking it's just like getting a structure to like would somebody say it like that would somebody say it like this and then having the game be the easiest thing in the world okay yeah yeah let me t- wait i'm gonna get my uh com- my phone okay and i'm gonna see what ideas i have okay great so I can tell you. that's perfect all right all right all right so yeah because let me see what uh i've got going on that is a recipe for a chicken enchilada soup in a slow cooker mm. that is not what we're talking about today <laughs> it's another podcast <laughs> um all right let me see okay so this is like this is a pretty standard idea that i would do but like just like a janitor mopping after like like mopping for the end of the night and then uh, a bunch of people keep coming in so he has to keep remopping <laughs> that's it <laughs> it's like whatever it's like people walk in and then like they leave and he has to mop yeah and then it's like because i walked by a janitor and i felt bad that i walked by and so it's like whatever and then it's like maybe somebody comes in and like starts making circles and the janitor just follows him around whatever and it's such a silly idea but if you get yeah. it it can make it can make a great sketch right I yeah. mean, if you have the oh, right yeah. actor oh you, yeah and let me even in the right premise or the right what so let's say so you take that what's the how would you so you take this idea that you have okay, now? Okay, let's, let's, take be, let's m- kind mopping of mopping janitor. Out. Mopping okay. janitor. Great. So we see, yeah. So, okay, so we'll beat it out right now. Yeah. Okay, so somebody what the the guy comes in, he's like, hey, thanks for cleaning up, Dave. Like, have a great night. And he's like, hey, all right, and you know, oh, <laughs> watch out for here. I'm mopping right here. I guess right. I'll follow you out. Whatever. That's like the joke at the end. Right. And then or in the beginning, and then somebody else comes in, uh, and pick something else up off the we're like sorry i'm late whatever and then we see the janitor do that maybe somebody else comes in and like uh carries a bag so you have to and drags the bag on the ground so they have oh. to follow the janitor whatever and then it's like what else what's going to frustrate this want the most so it's like what other so things... he wants the clean floor and yeah, you yeah. just want to f- make that impossible and watch him lose that's his all shit. it is yeah yeah and but and this janitor i think is so old that he's probably just resigned to it and so he maybe like he doesn't like go crazy. He just kind of sighs. <laughs> He's just so sad. Right. It's probably gonna be a sad sketch. <laughs> you just watch him slowly lose all hope in his eyes. And yeah. Slow fade to black. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. And you see somebody come in with like what? They accidentally they're um, you know they throw glitter all over the whatever they they're a trash can. Oh god, the one thing he can't clean. So glitter. Sad. Whatever glitter. I, mean, I didn't say glitter, but I do oh, mean glitter. Oh, what did you say? I said litter. Oh, but litter? glitter is perfect. <laughs> glitter, I'll take. I'm stealing that. Great, perfect. It's great. But yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. I just whatever. I just feel like it's so. It just should be easy. It should be easy to watch and it should be easy to write. And that's it's so funny because comedy is so easy and so hard at the mm-hmm. same time yeah 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 it depends on the room it depends on i mean like there's times when i'll like i'll go in and i'll have this sketch that i'm so proud of right right. so like i can't wait people are gonna love this and then right. you read it and it's like um just last month i pitched three sketches that they voted on and th- there was two that i was like i love oh yeah and i was and then this other one that i wrote in the on a in a car on the way home mm-hmm. and i was like i guess i'll throw it in but i hated yeah, yeah. it that one gets in the show. Of course. The other two don't. Of course. I'm sure everybody who comes on this show will tell you that. It's the stuff that you write in 30 minutes is the stuff that always works. And it, but it, it, It's I, so frustrating, but it is that thing of like you have to I, – I feel like I've developed two personalities in the way that like I just zone in for sketch writing for half an hour and I zone out and I go back to my life and I try to record what's happening in my brain. 
and that's why I'm doing that thing for the year. But like, I record what's happening in my brain, and then I go back and I write, and it's just like, like, just let yeah. it go out and then leave it because you can't overthink it. Is being present in your life one of the most important things for a, a comedy writer? Do you think? I think it's absolutely the most important. That's why I'm trying to work on it more. Right. Just to be harder, it's harder to be present, but it's like it's when you see these things that like don't happen to anyone else or like you see it and everyone's everyone's experiencing it and then um uh you know it's 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 that moment where people start laughing because they didn't realize that they go through that all the time um i wrote a sketch that went up a couple months ago because i was out i have a buddy my buddy peter banifast Mm -hmm. also an amazing performer incredible performer an amazing person to write for i've written for him as well he's on the youth group he's amazing uh we got to write this sketch uh he's like because uh, he's Iranian and we wrote a sketch where he's not Muslim but he wrote a, he played a Muslim uh, like a pop star singing Christmas carols <laughs> but we, we wrote him like we wrote them like um, uh, he was singing Christmas carols to the tune of like Muslim morning prayers <laughs> <laughs> So it's like Sahel and night, like it's like stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm now I'm gonna get murdered for doing that. Um, but uh, that was a horrible thing to bring up. But anyways, <laughs> uh, that's but it's still funny when right. he does it because it was like, but yeah, that's he can do that. He's good at that. Just make it easy and have him do it. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen anyone do. But we were Peter and I were sitting at dinner once, and there was this group of people that I'd seen. Uh, they were, it was at Tender Greens and it was like these two like kind of hip looking dudes. And then there was this one girl with this like weird boxy robotic looking jacket and this one like guy with like shaved head, but like tiny hair on top. And this girl looked like a blonde, like country singer. Okay. And I just was obsessed with these people. I was like, how is this a group of people? Like, who are these people to each other? Right. Um, and I couldn't get over it. And Peter was like, come on (laughs) i was like how do they know each other so then that was like just me i took that into a sketch and i wrote that and that went up at mod a couple months ago and it just went so great because it was just like that feeling of i don't know how do the how are the how is that a group of people i wrote it as like an old man and carl tart in like a black graduation gown with like long brown hair (laughs) and then ellie woods with like a green like hair like green wig and like a green boa and like a boxy weird futuristic dress and they just kept doing really weird things and dan black was like how do these people know each other uh like are they a couple and then ellie would bring out like a contract and like are they doing a business transaction <laughs> like that's like uh but it did so well because i was like yeah everyone's gone through that yeah so it's, it's like it's, just the minuscule stuff and i wonder if that's something that is special for you to notice because of where you're from Maybe, yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah. I, for me, I go, yeah, everybody in Nebraska is the same. Everybody in Texas is the same. Mm-hmm. You go to college in Boston. Boston's a fairly similar town, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. And then is. you come to L.A. and there's just this, like, absurd amount of difference. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Know? Absolutely, yeah. It's, like, so – it's, like, the purest version of a melting pot. Yeah. It's, like, so insanely uh, real. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's very yeah, cool. Yeah, LA's but that was, cool. like, yeah, I was, like, I'll just do that. It was like, yeah. I don't know. I'm not necessarily making a statement, but it is definitely something I saw that happened to me that I can vouch for, that I can write with authority on. Yeah. Because it happened to me. It's not necessarily being like, this is how I feel about anything, but it's like, this is what I saw. And well, it's, and it made you laugh in real life, so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of your own thing now. Right. And it was know? also my reaction to it of being like, why am I obsessed with these people? Like, what is going on that I need to know what's going on with them? Um, but I'm glad it worked out that way. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. 
Do you want to read a sketch? Let's read a sketch. Let's do it. We're getting to that point. We're getting to that point? Now, the best part about this sketch is that it is a um, it is a frat boy sketch. Ooh, really? Which is, I think, why I was thinking of frat boy earlier, because I was going oh, nice. through my sketches. Jeremiah is, uh, since I haven't said this yet, he just got back from Paris. He was gone the last week. He's just got back, had a sketch rehearsal, and there's been a mix-up in scheduling. He'll be back for the next week's podcast, not this yeah. one. Um, and so at the last minute, I found a sketch. Great. And uh, that sketch this. is it's called Frat Cop. Ooh, Frat Cop. Now, this is sort of what we were talking about, in a, in a sense. Okay. Um, would you be interested in playing the frat? And I want to try your way where it's like you write – you kind of write and give the the bit to someone else. Great. Does that sound? And like we'll fun? see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I love that idea. So I'll have you. So Billy and Brandon are both frat boys. Okay. So uh, it might be easier for you to just play both of them because they're going to sound very similar. Great. And then I'll play all the other stuff and read stage directions. Great. Love it. Great. That's great. Cool. And and we're just going to read it and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll just talk about it and have you great. kind of break it down. Like imagine that um you're hosting the the you're the director of the sketch team or whatever great, and we're gonna make it we're gonna make this sketch better great okay first of all i'm already telling it's five pages mm-hmm. so we'll talk about it in a second yeah 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 <laughs> that's been and every yeah that's my one like every week i come in i'm like i'm gonna write a three-page sketch and then i guess you know it's seven pages i'm like how Dude, so then i the trim worst. it down to five yeah and then i'm like i can get it there great and i i keep having five-page sketches like it's great so I can't wait to have you make this not hey, five pages. I can't wait. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, frat cop, exterior side of the road, sound effects, cop siren. Whoop, whoop. That sound. Mm, yeah, I love it. Um, Billy and Brandon, frat boys, wearing flat-billed hats that say cop. Polos with their badges and shorts approach George's vehicle. His girlfriend, Abby, is sitting shotgun. Kendrick Lamar is playing. Hey, bro. Uh, as much as I'm feeling the K-dot, can you turn it down? George turns down the radio. Uh, is that quiet enough, officer? Uh, for sure, bro. License and registration. Uh, George obliges. Don't see a lot of uh, Arizona licenses in Beverly Hills. We graduated from ASU, Tau Kappa Epsilon, ASU. <laughs> um, oh, oh, so you're frat boys. Oh, most deaf. Sorry, I didn't remember who it was. <laughs> most deaf. I figured, why not mix the two greatest agencies known to man, cops and frats? Boom. Best of both worlds. I'm like a fraterminator. Uh, for Terminator? Uh, great. Um, can you tell me why you pulled me over? You were going 45 and a 35, bro. Uh, is there a reason you were so turned up in a residential neighborhood? Uh, I didn't realize I was going so fast. You were going so fast? I thought you were one of the them Kappa Delta Senoritas. <laughs> Billy and Brandon give each other a secret tea bow, bow, bow. handshake. Billy yeah. moseys around the vehicle to the passenger side. I'm I'm really sorry, officer. Is there any way I could just get a warning this time? Uh, sorry, my man. Uh, King Dingling Sergeant Blake says no mas warnings. And who is this beautiful lady? I'm George's long-term girlfriend. Uh, who's this lucky George fella? Uh, I am lucky George. Well, sorry, bro, and beautiful bro GF. I meant zero disrespect. I wasn't trying to drink your Kool-Aid. Did you just refer to me as his Kool-Aid? Like, figuratively. Brandon uses his iPhone flashlight to see into the windows. Can he, you, uh... Oh, oh that's sorry. me! Sorry, bud, sorry. <laughs> uh, can you please uh, step out of your whip, please? It's a 2001 Ford Taurus. 
Uh, I see some empty cans in the back seat. Uh, you've been drinking. Uh, you've been ponging tonight, bro. Uh, no, I have not been drinking, officer. You got any weed? If you just give it to us, we'll let you go. That would definitely be illegal. Are you a cop? You gotta tell us if you're a cop. What? You're the cops. Not falling for that. You have to. You have to say I'm not a cop. I know my rights, bro. Billy pulls a wig and women's bathrobe out of the police car. Uh, my frat bro, Derek and I used to lie to the cops all the time about drinking, so I need more proof. Uh, fine. Whatever gets me out of here faster. George gets out of the car and to do field tests. <laughs> uh, put on this wig and bathrobe. Why do I need to put those on? It's part of the sobriety tests. George puts on the items. Now, uh, rub your belly and pat your head while standing on one foot. Are you hazing him? As George does this, Billy grabs a uh, rope that has a brick tied to one end out of his police car. Perfect. Now get on top of your car and tie this into the rope to your dick. Now, if your dick is at least six inches long and, br- and the brick will hit uh, the ground when you drop it. If it's not, then hasta vista dick. You're hazing me. Billy takes evidence pictures with his phone, then another one that's a selfie with George in the background. Billy starts typing into his phone. Are you Instagramming him? Yeah, bro. Want me to tag both of you? No, I'm not doing anything to my lawyer or your bosses here. Okay, fine. I'll face Sergeant Blake right now if you want me to. Billy face. I'll, I'll FaceTime Sergeant Blake <laughs> right now if you want to. Billy FaceTimes and Blake answers. Uh, sup, little Willie? Uh, this perp doesn't want to tie the rope to his dick. Did you give him the 10429er? There's a... That's a smack your whacker on a cracker. There's only one of them. Who eats the cum cracker if they're last? Never, uh, never mind. That's too much paperwork anyways. Eats what? Uh, the cum cracker. Are you fucking kidding me? I'll call you back, Blake. Lates. You are out of your mind. Uh, you're being extra. You're being extra right now, bro. Derek comes running in with his arm full of panties. Uh, I gotta hide these in your car. What is going on now? Uh, broke into the female officer lockers and stole all their panties. Squad goals. Blackout. Nice. Yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, this is great. Um, oh, wait, I'll hold on to it still. Um, Do you want a pen or anything? You don't need it. Some people want one, some people hmm, don't. Yeah, give me, uh, yeah, I'll take a pen. Okay. Let me think. Okay, great. Uh, so I, I have to ask this because this is, this is literally, I'm very textbook. How do you, um, like, how did you uh, see this sketch? Like, how did this come about? What was your idea for this? So this is interesting because this, like, this is a two-year-old sketch. And reading it now, I'm like, oh, I definitely see some of the flaws in it. Oh, yeah. What do you see? Good. What do you think? I think some of the flaws are, like, one, I think probably the first page and a half can just kind of go. Okay. Like, maybe trim it down quite a bit yeah, yeah, and get yeah. straight to the hazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there seems like some superfluous stuff in there that are just, like, jokey for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what was funny to me was I was like, it kind of doing what you're doing. It's like, I really want to play a cop. This is clearly wrote for me and mm-hmm. some buddies that I thought, oh, this would be fun just to be a dupe, like a dipshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, so what would that be? What would a cop and a frat boy look like? And then trying to justify it, which I think was the hardest part. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah, trying to justify it. like. Uh, and I think that's yeah. where I think looking back now, I'm like, oh, I think that's where the tricky part is. Yeah, for sure. And I think... I think too. It's uh, I I love like I think like a 
I call them like blankety blank sketches. I think I've heard somebody else call them that. But like like fratty cop. I right. love those. Those are so easy. Like why not play those? Those right. are like so like uh, um, they're usually home runs. Like when you play them, because it's like I know this and I know this. Let's marry the two. And right. Let's put it into this thing. And so I love that you do that here. And I have a feeling that this probably stemmed from one of those things where it was like, mm-hmm. hey, you take this thing and do this thing, and then I eventually just turn it in. It's been a while, but I think that's probably where it came Oh, from. nice. Okay. Yeah. I love I don't. I love that we don't know where this came from. Mystery. Mystery. <laughs> Mystery. It never went up, though. It never it's never up gone up, no. Okay, great. Um, not great. I mean, great. Yeah, I think, so I think my first thing, you're right about that justification, right? Like, why are they doing this and why are they doing this to someone they don't know who's someone they aren't cool with right it's like somebody they've pulled over that is technically broken the law right and how do they somehow not know what mm-hmm. it means to be a cop yeah, yeah 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 i would i would potentially i have a justification i can offer if you're oh, interested be, yeah i would love that i would say these are campus cops so like you put this at a college you put this at asu and these oh. are like work study campus cops. So they're like work study. So they are in a frat and they are cops technically. Work study security. Yeah. So they're getting college credits for doing this. Yeah. And so then they are a frat, but they're working on like. Um, I feel like yeah. you just fixed the whole sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all it is. I mean, it's like, but then you can keep most of it. And I would say the other step to it is just making sure that. Um, you start a little bit of like answering this to answering that, like, like, or like we're, we have the cop, we have the frat, we have the cop, we have the frat, mm-hmm. but making sure that the things that happen in the cop world are organic to the cop world, um, in like the actual way this would go, as opposed to just like throwing out another cop specific to answer it with another frat specific. Right. Does that make sense? That yeah. So yeah. for example, uh, literally following the DUI protocol. Right. And then using those just things. Just go to DUI and then being like, are you hazing me? Like, no, this isn't hazing, whatever. Because I like the hazing and we follow the hazing for three pages, but we don't get it till page two, right? Right. Or two or two and a two half. Two and a half, yeah. Um, so I would say we need to just, and that's that's the length of the sketch, is, is uh, cops hazing. Right? And once you or get like, to that, then you, that, yeah. that's three pages mm-hmm. instead of five. And what if and what if uh, these cops? This might complicate it, but I think you could find your way out of it because you're clearly competent and smart. Um, uh, what if like this is a college campus? They've been, you know, whatever. They're they're in trouble for some sort of offense that campus security would get them in trouble for. Um, but they are also in the fraternity, so like so they're actually hazing the person. That might be too much. I think that's too so. Much. But I was gonna say you could use the hazing as like a real thing. Um, like they're using their campus security to haze people or like this is somebody they're already hazing right. or something like that. Yeah. That guy, that's so, that's so funny. It's so complicated. It is complicated. But it's funny. I would, I think, I think you just keep it. I think you just keep it campus security work study frat students. Yeah. And so then it's organic. And then it's also a justification of like, this would happen for both of them and we get to see both of them. Yeah. And don't, don't do the other thing I mentioned. Just don't ever talk about it. <laughs> uh, but that's so fun. Like, yeah, yeah. The justification made everything better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also like real. It's also like this could happen. And then, like, that's how it is. 
It's still crazy. It's still crazy because it wouldn't actually happen like this. But I would also say, too, like, make sure that... Uh, and if it did happen like this, those guys would immediately be expelled. Yeah, exactly. And I, my also my other thing, too, is, like, paying your taxes as you go. Like, okay. like making sure you're answering... What can you break that sentence? Like, with that, with that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, if you tee up, like, uh, if you tee up something crazy mm-hmm. and you're straight, man, George in this situation says, like, uh, um, like, what? You're the cop. Like, you're not falling for that. Like, you have to say, I'm not a cop. I know my rights, bro. But they are cops. That never gets answered by George. Like, George still has this question of, like, you're a cop. Why are you saying this? And he's like, and he's like, well, I'm not falling for that. It's like, well, why did you ever? But are you? But aren't you? I don't get it. Like, why do we still get it? So, right. like, every time you tee up a straight man question, answer it with, like, the fucked up logic. Oh, so in other words, so when I, so... Make sure that all the ends are tied before you move on to the next crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, and that's like, and that's another because you'll see a lot of people like with the line. This is like my personal crusade. Mm. This is like kind of like the semantics thing that I was talking about. Like um, when somebody tees up, like uh, you're not allowed to talk about that here, or like why do you keep doing that? You need somebody else to be like because we're not safe. Like whatever it is, like right. we need that answer. Like if this, if the crazy person is also aware of the questions he's being given, then. Uh, you're gonna get so much more mileage, and you can ha- you can also pepper in the jokes. I'm a big fan of hard jokes. Yeah. Um, what do you uh, mean by hard jokes? Hard jokes are like you're setting up the rhythm of like like teeing up a thing, answering it in a funny way. Okay. Um, as opposed to like interesting situations, you'll see a lot of sketches that are like interesting situations. This where it's is more about the where it's more about the premise in the game. Yeah, like it's funny the... this is happening, but what is being said isn't necessarily like a joke. That's right. like laugh here. I think they're a big asset. That's like you, you see those a lot in sitcoms and you see those and stuff like that. Right. It's like tee up joke. Uh, and I think if you can marry that like behavioral game with a, actual jokes, I think that's the sweet spot where it's like unstoppable. Yeah. That's a really good – like um, I see a lot of – I feel like uh, a lot of places are trying to play that really premise-heavy game thing. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. it comes stems from the popularity of UCB. Mm-hmm. And but you're right. You see a lot of like really clever ideas that mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is very. I'm watching this and it's very interesting. But then you laugh at the button. Right, right, right. You're like, oh, this is funny. This is happening. But there's nothing like you're literally saying laugh, like laugh right. now because this is the joke. And right. then it's like very welcoming for the audience to do that. I learned. I will say like, uh, Brad Evans is. Uh, I don't uh, know who Brad he, Evans is. Uh, Brad Evans. So he Brad Evans writes on um, nephew. He's okay. on the Monty nephew. Him and Nick Sirelli are uh, writing partners, and he also wrote Death Valley Tween Fest, which was turned into. A, he wrote that. Yeah, it turned into Go Ninety Thing. Yeah, he's a genius. I will say this right here. I Brad thought is Drew Tarver wrote that. Oh yeah, he wrote that for Drew. Drew is. I talk about Drew on this all the time. Oh yeah, Drew. <laughs> he's a genius. He's a genius. Yeah, he's yeah. a. I can't give him enough credit for the things he does as no. a character and as a straight man. Oh, he's a genius. Yeah. No, he's incredible. He's a really incredible performer. And but Brad Evans is like. Uh, Probably the best writer I've ever worked with. I had he's, no idea that that, yeah. that was not written by Drew Tarver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's incredible. If anybody uh, has yeah. a chance to go see Death Valley Tween Fest, it's one mm-hmm. of the best written uh, spanks. I don't know what you. Would... Yeah, extended shows. Yeah, yeah, shows with runs. I call them at it's UCB. So yeah. great, incredible. He's incredible. Yeah, but Brad Brad is a big advocate of hard jokes. Okay. Brad, like I worked with him on Rich and Board, the show I wrote for Ego Wodum and Carl Tart. He was my director on that. And it was like, joke here, joke here, joke here. Like, let's do that. And when the results are so great, mm-hmm. the results are like um, so fun. And they can be simple and they can be great. So when you're writing it, so when you're looking at those hard jokes, do they occur naturally or do you, are you trying to be like, we need three jokes on this page? 
I think they, so to me, a joke occurs when you tee up a question, like a straight man question, mm-hmm. and it's answered through a point of view. Okay. So I don't necessarily look at it like the 30 Rock style, like six a page. Right. But it's like, but a joke for me is when a straight man has a question and the crazy man has an answer that gives us a window to their logic. Okay. Um, so you're sort of justifying the game through their logic. Right, right, right. And then that's making people laugh. This is like, I, I don't know if I really agree with what I'm about to say, but I think I do right now. Okay. It's like, if you, it's like, it's like a dialogue version of a monologue joke. If that makes sense. So, like, a monologue has, like, the headline, the premise, yep. and then the take on it. So, if, if you're doing, like, a – if you're doing, like, uh, something at somebody being, like – like, I'm trying to think of a sketch. So, there's a sketch that I wrote right now that might go into our next show by the time this probably airs is or is available to listen to. I'll be proven right or wrong. Okay. But basically, basically the sketch is, um, like, a 12-year-old kid is uh, playing – like or just hanging out he's like hates himself he doesn't have like uh any play with the with the ladies and then like his future self comes in like a 30 year old version of him and he's like i'm you from the future and i have something very important you need to know like what is it like what's and like this is going to define your entire life so tell me what it is and he's like learn to play guitar <laughs> it's like, okay but like what's going to happen in my life like no none of that matters listen if you play guitar you're going to be so much cooler whatever so like so then it comes in like he keeps coming back in with like learn wonderwall and then it's like the idea is like the this is like an example of a hard joke which is why i'm saying this but like the kid says like um who wants to hear Wonderwall at a party? And he says, like, not a lot of people do, but the secret is a lot of people do. <laughs> Which is like, a, and then he says later, like, you're trying to turn us into a douchebag. And then he says, douchebags get what they want. And that's another hard joke, but it's like, I, this is so hacky for me to say my own jokes is hard jokes. But I wrote those being like, this is a real thing. This is, this is the straight man's point of view right and this is the answer that justifies the logic but also in a point of view that gives us from the crazy man uh like logic into how they're acting so it's like answering so that's paying so paying your taxes as you go is the same as setting apart jokes you'll get laughs if you answer the incredulous questions yes you should teach a ted talk on (laughs) sketch comedy no please i'm sorry this is no this is like the head this is so heady like i know it is really i was just saying right like it's so crazy that i in my mind i write the simplest silly sketches and then now that we're talking about i'm like oh i'm an insane person but it's i like analyze these little jokes but that's the that's sort of what this is about that's why Mm -hmm. we're doing this i mean if you just came on and was like supposed to be funny and then you walked out the door it's like well how do i be funny Right, right right so this is so perfect i i I wish I had questions for it, but you feel I feel like you answered them all. Like you just solved comedy. Did I solve it? You solved Am I done? it. You're done. Let's wrap it up, baby. Yeah, that's great. Um, man. that's great. I will say one more thing that I that my new thing I'm working on. That's okay. okay. Are we talking forever? No, no, no. I can't, I'm looking to see where we're, we're we've got we're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the last thing I can say. Okay. If we're at, but I, if you have any questions, let me know. My big thing now, like that, I'm kind of looking at is like discoveries. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you seen a documentary now, Juan Likes Rice and Chicken? Have you watched that yet? No. Do you know anything about documentary now? Uh, Maybe. Documentary now is the uh, IFC show um, that is Bill Hader and Fred Armisen. Yes. They do do like a send-up of a documentary. And they're all mockumentaries. They're all pretty much mockumentaries, yeah. I've seen a bunch of them. I don't know which ones I've seen. Have you seen the one where they do like a chicken and rice stand? It's like a chicken and rice stand, but it's like the most amazing chicken and rice stand in the country or in the world. I don't 
think I've seen that okay. one. Or I may have started watching, because it sounds familiar. Like, maybe yeah. I started watching it, and then I fell asleep or something. Okay, I get it. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's not going to prove my point. But <laughs> uh, the big thing for me about that is that it's this amazing, it's like the documentary Hero Dreams of Sushi, where it's like uh, a beautiful, like, restaurant that's like a hidden gem but which is an a, amazing documentary yeah. about nothing i mean about exactly. something yeah but about, so little though yeah, yeah so, so this is about like an arroz con pollo stand in colombia where they like bury the they give like one cup of coffee one banana uh rice and chicken and sometimes they don't have chicken on the menu because the chicken has to be perfect and stuff like that um but what's amazing about it seth Myers wrote it and it's just like a testament to discoveries in the middle of everything. So mm-hmm. like it goes for like three minutes and then you find they drop kind of a new bombshell and then we explore that and they drop a new bombshell and they explore that. And so that's like been my new thing lately of like, oh, like if we have something new and not crazy, but like we dig deeper into it and it's like if this true is this is true, what else is true in the form of a discovery, mm-hmm. that's going to keep the audience interested so much longer. And I'm loving thinking of that. Like, dropping little hints to like, oh, this is my... And that comes from point, point of view and philosophy and stuff like that. Right. Um, and that's all. That's what I was thinking of. But that's... You think about this stuff a lot, huh? I do. All the... T- nonstop. Which is amazing. <laughs> because I it's, guess. It's so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, because comedy is like fart jokes. I mean, that's... Mm. You know what I mean? Like, nothing will make anybody right. laugh more than a well-timed right, fart. Right, 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 right. But, and I agree, and that's what I'm saying. There's like, like I love the fart jokes. Like, but the fart joke, everything between the farts has to be perfect. Perfect. That's how I feel. And that's that's what separates you from me. <laughs> <laughs> me, I'm just you. Give me a fart buzzer, and I'm just gonna just do this all day long. There's no timing to it. It's just it's so I'm listening funny. to the sound of the fart and laughing my ass off. <laughs> look, it's look like this is also the other thing that I've heard many people talk about. I think I saw Will Hines post on Facebook about this, but. Like, no matter how hard you write a sketch, nothing will ever be as funny as someone's fake mustache falling off. So, like, there's this futility sometimes where it's like the spontaneous moments are going to mm-hmm. trump the crazy things or the, trump the things you work for months on. So, but that's why, like, you have to pay those taxes as you go. That's why you have to, like, work everything out because if your mustache doesn't fall off, it better be the funniest thing you've ever written. <laughs> but if the mustache, but if the mustache falls off, this is live theater, and this is so much Can fun. You, you should so think that. I want that on a poster. If your <laughs> fake mustache doesn't fall off, this better be the best thing you've ever read. <laughs> that should be. That's great. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. Your, but let that mustache fall off. Who's your favorite comedian like, right now, or of all time? Of all time? Oh boy. Do you ever get that you look like a? Uh, Andy Kaufman that's got himself together. Ooh, no. You kind of do. That's what you remember. That's me. nice. Like, I like that. Face-wise. But yeah, who's your favorite wise. comedian? I'll take that. I'll clean Andy Kaufman. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, who is my favorite comedian? Or, I mean, let me sketch writer, sketch yeah, performer. Yeah, sketch writer, sketch performer. Anything. I would say it's probably Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen does okay. most of what I like. am talking about. Takes those little, if any of all of Portlandia is a little thing into this giant thing. Yeah. Um. And I really love that. I really attach to that. And also his career is just the coolest. Like he did SNL and then now he does specialized long form sketch comedy television shows. That's the fucking dream, Ryan. That's my dream is to do that. That's incredible that he developed. So how do you do it? Be Fred Armisen. And then also play in a band. I don't know. But I think it's just, I think it's probably working like so hard on like making those sketches that... Maybe you got to write 700 sketches this Maybe year. you do. Maybe you got to write more. That's crazy, man. I got more to do. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think he's probably my number one right now. I mean, I just am so impressed. I sometimes don't even laugh because I'm so impressed at what he does. Like that Ron like Juan likes rice and chicken episode of Documentary Now. He does everything in Spanish, and he's still super funny. He speaks Spanish the whole episode. He <laughs> might he might have already known it, but it's like he's doing comedy in Spanish. It's like really cool. Yeah, it's really really cool. So, um, yeah, that's probably what I would say. Who's yours? I thought it, ah, man, my favorite performer. It, mm-hmm. It's all the same sort of person. I, that's not right, but it is right. My favorite, I think, is Dave Chappelle. I think he's my yeah, he, and he's Andy incredible. Kaufman. Yeah, those yeah, are my yeah. two favorites. I don't know. Then they have nothing. They're nothing. I like the the fucking with people, mm-hmm. and to the point where like it's like, are you even kidding? Yeah, I really yeah, yeah. like that. Like when someone says, "I can't tell if you're joking," I take that as a huge compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but great. I'm, I could never do that. I, I will say that it. I'm so scared of making other people uncomfortable. <laughs> I, and that's I, – I wish I was. Oh, my God. No, you don't. Uh, and then I love Dave Chappelle, but what I've come to find out is I could actually – as much as I love Dave Chappelle, I could watch Neil Brennan yeah. talk. Oh, God. Have you seen so his new funny. special? No, I haven't. Is it great? It's the most – Amazing. I don't tweet at people. Mm-hmm. I don't tweet at famous people. Yeah, yeah. I tweeted at Neil Brennan and was like, "Your special is the greatest thing I've seen in years." Wow, that's amazing. And like, and then I was like, and then he liked it, and I was like, I got like a boner kind of. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. But like, I was so like, I watched it, and I was like, I feel like I have to tell him how great this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how exactly what we have to do. I mean, that's that's incredible. He's so cool and smart and funny and yeah. strange. Yeah, and yeah. he does. Yeah, he's very and to know that he was. If you were to line people up, you would have never guessed that he was the the, the head writer of the Dave Chappelle show, yeah, I feel. Yeah, yeah, So, like, the balls he had. Oh, yeah. And then just in working with Dave, the, the collaboration between the two to make some mm-hmm. of the kind of most thoughtful, edgy sketch comedy of yeah, all time. Yeah, absolutely. Really... That was so influential on me growing up, too. Dude, yeah? The Chappelle show was like, yeah, I own those on DVD. I, I always – one of the things that, like, the songs in my head – that is always going is that jokes and jokes and jokes. And, <laughs> spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> Which is the dumbest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, that makes... Then, then, like, he has the smartest stuff on there. And then he has, like, that. Yeah, then he has like Prince. Fun of, yeah, and then Prince. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how do you even... Like, he did literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. He killed it. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. But I also like Portlandia. I've been watching. I got... It took me... It was hard at first. It's a little hard. The first season, but I think the first season's so good. But I once I so got it, things. I don't think I got it at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once I kind of got it, I was yeah. like, oh, I really like this show. I will say, too, this checks out with what I've already been saying I love, but Christopher Guest was like my true, like, this is what I love and this is what I want. Like, the like Waiting for Guffman will mm-hmm. always be my favorite comedy of all time. Okay. It's unbelievable. Um and just that it's so human and little, mm-hmm. but it's these things that blow up to like they all get what the, you saw what they were going to be at the end at the very beginning. Like they all get this like they're all shitty people too, mm-hmm. which is what's amazing. But they have these little like they're human beings, but at their innermost they have these like desires that are going to end them. And by the end of it, Corky is running this garbage gift shop in New York City, but he's finally made it to New York. Like that, uh, Ron and Sheila Albertson are uh, Catherine O'Hara mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
Fred Willard are working in uh, Hollywood, but they're extras on a boot commercial. <laughs> like uh, Alan, Alan Pearl is finally performing for people, but he's performing his grandfather's Yiddish music at uh, nursing homes in Florida. It's like the, they all, and then well, I don't even remember what happened to Libby. I think she went back to the Dairy Queen. And she just like always loved the Dairy Queen and she went back to the Dairy Queen. But like that's, it's so it's, brilliant to me. Right. Because it like, it, it does develop and grow, but they're these... But at the end of the day, they're just these people that let their unusual behaviors overtake them. Yeah. And I think it's so cool. Have you seen Mascots? I've watched some of Mascots, and I didn't finish it. There's a, the guy in that, um, he was in The Office towards the end. Zach Woods? Zach yeah, Woods yeah, yeah. is one of my favorites He's incredible. Lately. He's incredible. Yeah, he was Yeah, he's in everything, too. He's yeah, he's in everything. He's so great. Oh, he's in uh, what's the Silicon Valley? Silicon That's Valley, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Yeah, that show is great. Uh, the mascots is great. Uh, I need to finish it. And the dog, the dog one. Uh, oh, Best in Show. Best in Show. Oh, Best in Show is incredible. And then Mighty Wind is incredible. But yeah, that's how old these. Mighty Wind, Mighty Wind is the folk uh, music. I have to watch. Uh, I haven't seen that oh, one. Oh, God, you have to watch it. It's I watched incredible. Spinal Tap, and I honestly didn't like it that much. Oh, really? you got to watch it again. Watch it again? Yeah, it, it, it suffers from having expectations when you watch it for the first time. And then when you watch it again, you're like, you don't ex- you don't have to worry about what's happening with the plot. You just oh, enjoy you just the sort of yeah, 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 just go for the ride. Yeah, that's why I love cool. it. Yeah. Um, so we don't have a – so this is what we – we put every guest on the spot at the end of our show now. Great. Um, we don't have a tagline for our show. Really? What should the tagline for Fish Out of Water be? Oh, my God. Um, uh, fish Out of Water. Uh, you've been fried up. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.